Like a little girl, the stupid crush. We all sing glory. We all sing. Today, we're talking about Thrill Seeker by August Burns Red. So grab your Abercrombie and Fitch polo because it's time to get in the pit. Welcome to Get in the Pit with Oster and Isai. Oster. I'm Isai. I think, I, I swear to God, the name is, is, is different on the thing. That's it's probably that's, Isai and Oster because that's alliterative, which is right. But yeah, I, I, I don't I think care. Six times out of nine, you usually say Oster and Isai. Yeah. It's just I, I say my name first because I introduce myself first. I don't know. I don't say know. My name, say my, my name. Is a good song. Um, this is a podcast about metalcore. Yeah. Riffing, breakdowns, yelling, harsh vocals. God fucking <laughs> damn it. I hate it. It's like when it's like harsh vocals, unclean vocals. <laughs> it's like, nah, he's just singing in a different way. It's, it's, it's vocal. Just put vocals. Like, just shut up. You know, I, nobody, like, even if like, you got, like, the two vocalists, like, this was unclean, this one's clean, how about just, they're the vocalists, we can kind of discern whatever, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, it's annoying. I was annoying during this time. He's not <laughs> singing, he's doing vocals. Or, just, like, he's screaming, whatever, just, just. Clean uh, singing. The, yeah, uh, clean, like, no, he, like, that's just called singing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's not clean singing. No, it's just called singing. He is singing. Oh, his clean vocals here. His, how about just his singing? Oh, that's a whole other tangent for. There's no. I I guess this is the platform for that. (laughs) Yeah, it is. There's no clean singing on this record. There's not. It's just all uncleans. Yeah, and talking, which is one of my favorite things. There's a lot of talking on the record we're going to talk about. And I love a good talk. In metalcore. Me too. Um, Boys yes. Noel does great talking. Who did it best, though? Misery Signals does great talking. Yep. I mean, I haven't listened to... Does Carl talk? Carl talks. Okay. On, uh, like, of Malice, it's like... there's That's what I want. Um, you sent me a text message um, this week that said... <laughs> I want to start a band that is just all emotional, like, talking. Yeah, like, and, like, I know that could be misconstrued. I don't mean, like, Law Dispute or, like, Me Without You. I mean, like, I mean, like, like, Misery Signals. Yeah. But, like, no yelling whatsoever. It's the exact same kind of music. No yelling whatsoever. I remember when, um, one time... I guess it is yelling, but... It's talking loudly and with, with, with some feeling. Yeah. Uh, I remember in the studio once in when we were in Portland recording a record and we were um the, the producer and I Ryan were trying to get Brady to do something very specific and we're like just fucking do the misery signals talk. Like this is <laughs> like it's like we we're trying to explain it without just saying just do misery signals talk. But it's like we're already fucking like ripping off other stuff. So let's just take it the next level. Yeah. Oh also at that time there may have been some other substance that we were on, so maybe we weren't the best at explaining. 
It was all in the up and up, though. It was good. It's Oregon. What do you expect? Heroin. <laughs> no, it was not that. City Skyline was trying to be like the cure, do heroin, and write, no. write a real good record. No, it's just, it's Oregon. What do you expect? What do you want me to do? Yeah. 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 Drugs. <laughs> a lot of drug CDs. I, we walked into the fucking. Brady and I had left. We come back in, and fucking homeboy is just there, ripped out of his mind. <laughs> because it, it's like it was like the last day. Like, and like he had just finished one thing up. We're like, hey, we're gonna go to the like corner store real quick. And we're gonna be right back. It was last day of tracking, and we come back, and he's just like fucking done. Like he'd finished what he needed to do. We were gonna listen through it, and he was just ripped. And it was a good time. <laughs> Hell yeah. Doing vocals was really fun because I didn't do anything, but I was there for the entire production. So it's like mm-hmm. me and Homeboy would just go in a little chiefed and then fucking Brady'd be like, guys, I'm ready. And we're just like, hold on, we're having a heart to heart talk here because we're on a different <laughs> planet. Oh. Uh, I've watched Brady do vocals before. Yeah. Oh, God. That was different, Brady. <laughs> Oh well, let's uh let's talk about what we're here to talk about today. Uh, Thrill Seeker by August Burns Red. Um, what's your what's your history with his band? Um, I mean, I think I found them. Just, they're on Solid State, so it's like I was gonna know about them. Mm-hmm. Like this record came out like in '05. So yeah, it, it was like it was my shit. Like it's right right in the middle. Like I was already fully in. I was getting anything I could. MySpace was coming up. It's just like, cool, this this record rocks because it was on Solid State. So I was going to obviously check it out. Um, it was cool. Saw them a couple times. Remember once I was really bummed because they were supposed to, and they were cheering off this record and they were fairly low on the on the fucking bill, but like they had missed a show. And I, I think like it was like Reflux and somebody else. Mm. It was a good show. I, I only remember Reflux and Fighting Bears by Hand. I don't okay. know why those are the only two bands I remember on that show, but that was the it's show. Rem- I feel like I remember that show. <gasps> I think was the red cord on it? Maybe. And then uh, Hourglass Empty? It was Reflex, Ed Gain, and oh, okay. And uh, I think maybe Animosity? Okay. It might have been there. No, no, I don't think it was Animosity, but it was, it was Reflex, Ed Gain, um, uh, it might have been like Hourglass or some like one of those a beer once, yeah. or something. Um, those are local bands, by the way. And then yes. August Burns Red was supposed to be there, but then they had missed it. I just found the tour. It was December seventeenth. I can't believe I fucking remember that. Um, oh. But all I remember was Reflux and Fighting Bears. I guess because there was only one other band. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was. Uh, I was bummed that they didn't make it, and then I saw them just a billion other times, and then. Um, my band opened for them once. Like we won a show. Like they always did like the battle for the battle of the bands. Um, yeah. For um, like opening for like huge tours, mm-hmm. and we fucking like we had just like this is when my first band had like just changed ma- members, and so we had just gotten like a new drummer and a new singer, and it was like our first show, quote unquote, back, and we won that one for whatever reason. We, like we never won like the like the popularity ones because like you would just get like the kids like that were still like we weren't in high school anymore 
Yeah. You get the kids who just bring like all their high school buds and all that, which is like exactly what like the venue wanted just to make money really quick on that. It's an easy show to then pay for the next show. And a lot of times here, local shows were bigger than touring shows. Yeah. And so we we got that one. And let me look at the lineup because it was just a huge lineup. Okay. Um, like it was actually probably too many bands. Like we should there, we shouldn't have opened it. It was um, there was a while where that happened. Yeah, but we didn't have to play like at doors, which was nice. That's good. Um, it was this was the entire tour. It was okay. August Burns Red, a Skylet Drive, Sky Eats Airplane, the Greeley Estates, and this or the Apocalypse. So that's already a five band bill, and then us. I might have gone just to see you guys. Yeah. But I might not have. But that was like a huge show because it was sold out. Um, yeah. And it was like our first like a show like with uh, like our new lineup. And we're like, we're a fucking cool band. And I, I actually remember like we played pretty well because at that time we started kind of growing up and playing better music. Um, yeah. That's on me. And Songs so, with cool choruses about me. Yeah. That's my fucking fault that he fucking did that. I set him up so perfectly for a chorus. <laughs> he did. I was like, why is he singing all of a sudden? It's because I have like this big hook. My bad. Um, <laughs> I put a fast part after it. Yeah. Um, it's all about balance. Yeah. yeah. That was, and then from there, like that was like their second, they were turning off their second record, Messengers. And then I just kind of fell off. Yeah. Uh, because it just, it's it was all fine stuff, and like they were, they they're still releasing records now. And I'll check out a couple songs. and I'm like, this is August Burns Red, and then I just go about my day. Yeah. Um. I I always talk about being a solid state kid, and the more I realize thinking about their roster, I think I just like Dunder Oath and Emery and Me Without You. And, and I beloved. Was, and beloved, yeah. And I was more of a tooth and nail kid because I grew up listening to Christian punk. And then, like, I missed Case the Day. I never really listened to August Burns Red. I've saw, I've seen them multiple times. And I was like, why are these, like, fucking bros on stage with their polo shirts? Um, and I remember one time they had a really cool shirt that had um, Shredder on it from Ninja Turtles. And then it said something silly about shredding. Oh, yeah. Almost one of those super cartoony ones that Jerry remembered it in Hot Topic, but I couldn't tell you any of the shows I saw. I don't know, remember any of the bands, but I know I've seen them at least once or twice. Probably Misery Signals. I feel like they toured with. Yeah, yeah, and I, I remember my exposure to them really was uh, my friend Eddie, um, who lived in uh, Sam's basement who we've mentioned multiple times on this show and he would just out of nowhere, just yell barbarian and turn it on and basically pretend to beat the shit out of Sam (laughs) (laughs) and just listen to barbarian all the time. Um, but, um, Eddie's be a little mosh fiend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but I remember the the riff in uh, Speech Impediment. Yeah. Um, I've never really... Li- I think this is the only stuff I've heard from them. I think maybe I listened to one other record at one point 
trying to listen to them? Probably Messengers, because that was the next one. Because that one had some, like, quote-unquote hits, like Backburner and Truth of a Liar. and Compl- Yeah, and- yeah. I think I've heard that, but I just... I I think I liked less metal in my metalcore. Yeah, like you didn't like... And then we'll get to this record, because this one, like, the metal riffing isn't as, like, at the gatesy as you would think it would be. No, 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 no. Which is super cool, which I think, like, if I ever get the weird urge to listen to August Burns Red, which doesn't happen very often, but every now and then I'm like, hmm, I want to listen to this. Like, I go to, like, Your Little Suburbia. Mm-hmm. It has it just is a little bit different um, because like on the next records they start getting a little bit more into that kind of riffing, which is yeah. fine. Like they do it really well. Um, but yeah, like I I get it. Like I'm the kind of the the same way. I I like like for the metal chords. Like I like the shit that's like dissonant and heavy mm-hmm. and like I don't know. I guess trust kill worship like eighteen visions. Yeah, I just like eighteen yeah. visions. I think is really what this is all coming down to. Yes, yes. But yeah, I I don't have a ton. I know I've listened to this record, but I don't know if I ever listened to it in full because it's fucking 48 minutes long. It's very long, and they could yeah. probably cut about three songs. I'd be fine. Yeah. But I was interested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was interested until like my last listen. And I was like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm done. I'm done yeah. with this. Um, I, it's like I just did a listen before we recorded this when I was. So did I. And then um, I skipped the instrumental song. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't need that. That's that's no. three minutes of my life I, I wanted to keep. I didn't listen to the last song. Uh, <laughs> that's one of their best ones. It is. It was too fucking long. We'll get into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my history. Um, not much of one. No, it was, which is so strange because I was so down for this, these Christian bands, but I never listened to haste the day. I listened to the two haste the day hits. Um, but I never listened to this band a lot. I think I just liked under oath and Emery a lot. I never should let you go. Uh, we'll cover that one day. Um, but, uh, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit about this band. Um, they're from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They're formed in 2003. Uh, they were nominated for a Grammy in 2016 for best metal performance, uh, and again in 2018. Yeah, that's crazy. They've got ten albums. Oh fuck! I forgot a big part of my history. Their cover of the iconic song. Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. I listened to that a lot. Were you a big cover guy before it became like a big thing? Yes. And I still love a cover. But like, not not like uh, Our Last Night. Yeah. I'm not into that. Or the Punk Rock Factory or whatever that band's called. Man, that band makes me fucking livid. Um... Yeah, I really liked like For Your Strong's cover record. I thought that was fun. Because it, it's like I guess it seemed like it came from a different place. Not yes. it didn't come from a place to go like, I want to get a lot of listens and views on this. It's like, hey, we like these songs and we think it's fun. And covering Not, Disney songs is fucking corny. Yeah, don't co- like they they literally did cover like I think Nickelodeon themes. Yes. I mentioned that once before. And, yeah. And like, yeah, we're gonna get fucking 
like people talk like Ronnie Radke when it's like they get all these listens. It's like they don't get any listens because like what they do is creative or cool. It's just because it's like they're just playing on like nostalgia and they already have a little bit of a following. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's like and good for them. Like I'm not talking shit of them as people. It's just that shit's fucking corny. I mean, I might be. Uh, you really wanted to say the N word in their uh, Kendrick Lamar cover. Uh, <laughs> they also tr- covered Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. That, again, that, that and like when you're doing that, or like when bands covered like that Childish Gambino song or Donald, Donald Glover, whatever. Yeah. Maybe is doing it. Um, and it's just a bunch of white boys covering something like that. It's like motherfuckers. Yeah. It's it. This ain't for you. This isn't yeah. for you to get plays. Yeah. So if you're doing that, you're probably just a fucking idiot. And there, I'm not going to even name the name of it, but there was a local band that did that. Yeah, I just I like I like a fun cover. Uh, they were on. I listened to those Punkos pop records. I listened to the Punkos '80s one a lot. Um, um, not Punkos Crunk. I didn't listen to that a ton. You didn't listen to the Still Fly by the Devil Wears Prada? Um, no. You're a but I did. Liar. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little. Yeah, um, there, there it is. Don't, <laughs> don't fucking lie to the people. But I did. I like that. Um, I loved a Day to Remember's cover of The Fray, and I loved their cover of the Kelly Clarkson song because I loved the Kelly Clarkson song. Was that uh, what was that over my that? head? Yeah, over my head, over yeah. my head. Because at the time, I still liked that band, and they did it well. It I, think it's, I, say, I, I think it's because they, they were, like, maybe always destined to be, like, more of, like, a radio rock band. Well, and they already had pop sensibilities. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they know how to do it. Like, we'll, like we've already covered that um, yeah. on this with Homesick. They just knew how to do it well. And I think they probably still do, because there's a reason why they're still, like, at the level that they're at. Yeah. And like with this, with August Burns Red, like Hit Me Baby One More Time, it's just a straight song. It's not corny. And I mean, I showed it to Russell, who is uh, Britney Spears, like number 50 fan. Like she loves Britney Spears. But she's not the number one fan, but she's top 50. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they, like, she hated it, but like, it's good. Like for what it is, um, whereas like a lot of people do covers and like make them corny, they just did their style and just did that song in that style, and they do that with their weird Christmas songs too, which is I'm I don't really care for that, but yeah, that's not my bag either. But it's like good for them. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, I love a cover. Um, I wish I could think of an example. Oh, uh, God's Hate covered the entire. <laughs> Uh, hate breed uh first first demo that's sick under the knife seven inch so that's dope <laughs> um but yeah so back to talking about this band um they um had this singer is the only one with uh or this record's the only one with Josh McNannis who just left after one tour. I'm guessing he didn't want to tour anymore. Yeah, I'm just guessing like he was just like, this ain't for me. Maybe just a um, little bit rougher or I don't know, just some people it isn't. What was the dude's name? Josh Vince McManus? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Josh McManus? 
Josh, Josh Vince McMahon. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, let's their influences. So they're generally credited as as a metalcore and melodic metalcore band, and has also been said to share progressive metal elements. Um, especially in their like later stuff, like that's where you get a lot more of like the progressive like noodly guitar stuff, which is fine. Yeah, they've they've got a uh, technical or odd time signatures and breakdowns. Um, influences like Mashuga, uh, Symphony in Peril, which is a weird one. Um, that is a strange one. Pelican Slayer. I mean. Can you be a metalcore band and not be influenced by Slayer? Like this kind of metalcore band? I mean, yeah, but I, I think you're always like, yes, maybe not a direct influence because maybe like they don't listen to Slayer. But at the yeah. end of the day, like metals evolved from that. You know? Yeah. You're going to um, have some Slayer influence whether you like it or fucking not. Yeah. Uh, Between the Buried to Me, Misery Signals, and Hope's Fall are also listed. Um. <laughs> Unlike other melodic metalcore vocalists, Jake Lurz generally does not mix clean vocals with his screams, though he does include spoken word parts on occasion. Yeah, so that's the second vocalist. And- yeah, but um, it is... I also think this record has a lot of Converge, which maybe could be Meshuga in a no, weird way. I mean, I think it's probably Converge-y. Um, and like, this... This music would not exist in this form, and this is another band I never got into, uh, without As I Lie Dying. Yeah, I mean, I they're, think they're the ones that really popularized, um, like that, that them and like Kill Switch. Uh, they yeah. called it the, it was like the new wave of American metal. Yeah. And it was like As I Dying, Kill Switch, um, Shadows Fall. Like, was Lamb of God in that earlier? Lamb of God was so fucking like metalcore, um, yeah. But they did it like they had like a little bit of like a, I guess you call it like a southern like, okay, type, Pantera, like, like a little more Pantera y. Um, but they had some fucking riffs like the fucking yeah. okay. Um, fuck, what's the song? I I can remember Black Label like that one fucking goes. The song that was in Guitar Hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fu- that fucking laid to rest. That's the one. Yeah, like yeah, fucking, I remember that one. That fucking intro ref, like fucking goes. Lamb of God used to rock. I haven't listened to them in like almost fucking eighteen years. It did yeah. rock at that time. They probably suck now. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're talking about Thrill Seeker. It was released in two thousand five on uh, Solid State Records. It was uh, produced by Adam D. from Killswitch Engage. Um, it was... Um, a, he did a good job on this. Like, I usually talk a lot yes. of shit. I talk a lot of shit on production for a lot of the records we listen to. Because um, a lot of it is butt. But for a 2005 record, this thing is thick. It's heavy. Yep. You can hear everything. Because there's a lot of shit going on. But it doesn't sound like other Adam D.'s like, productions. It doesn't sound like a clean Killswitch record. Or yeah, and it's like Parkway Drive, which just again sounds like a clean kill switch record. It's its own thing. It's cool. It's not one note at all. No. Things like things pop. Things pop. Um, and some dude named Troy Glessner mastered it. And I don't know. I I want to give him credit because this sounds good. Um it's forty four minutes long. Really good job. Like 
they they did a fantastic job with everything that like on the recording part of it. I think they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Um, let's let's go. Um, uh, so just to let you know, this is um the dude from Troy Glesser. I just did a quick Google search. The huh? first, the first uh, four bands: uh, Follow Troy, Emery, Amberlin, and then he did some stuff with Dustin from Thrice. Okay. Okay. Oh, Devin. T- oh, he did Disturbed. It was a live record. Death Cab, Under Oath Mastering, Bingo's an Ocean. Oh, this guy just does a lot. So good for him. It's, yeah. It seems like he's not just oh. in one lane. Copeland? That's cool. I at least I really like Copeland. Maybe I still oh. do. Who knows? Yeah, I haven't listened to Copeland in a while. Yeah. What's the record Beneath the Medicine Tree or whatever? Uh, I listened to. What's the. I can't remember the fucking. Open right. I'm gonna look it up. We, this is our yeah, podcast. Me too. Whatever the fuck we want. Um, yes, beneath the medicine tree. I listen to "You Are My Sunshine" a lot. Is that a cover or was it a reimagining? It was the, a record called "You Are My Sunshine." Oh, okay. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. Is that? Did Bray Wyatt ever do that? <laughs> I don't know, but like you sounded like you're trying to be like, like a. Like a, a metalcore vocalist turned like acoustic guy doing like 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 a, a song like that like for their own like solo project where like oh just, like just Dustin, me and the guitar. Dustin Kensru. <laughs> from Oh, it was in motion that I listened to. Yeah, pin your wings. Yo, the song Should Wait, You right? Return Should You Return? Um such a good song by Copeland. Yeah. We're probably not gonna talk about Copeland on this fucking podcast, so no, unless something weird happens. Um, All right, and then um, yeah, back to old Thrill Seeker by August Bird's Red. Yeah. Um, uh, your little suburbia is in ruins. This song fucking rocks. It's one of my yeah. favorite songs on the record. Um, it starts off with that fucking like metal ass, like kind of blast beaty thing. Yes, it opens with a bang. It, it, this is like where like there's a little bit of converge in there to me. Yes, it's like stuff like that where it's like odd, like odd riffs and then like fast drums because it's to me like that converge. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of discordant where a lot of like the like at the gates riffing has a lot of catchy melody to it, mm-hmm. where this didn't, which mm-hmm. is sick. Yeah. Um, they there's lots of talking parts. Um. A thing that's a recurring thing that I'll say in my notes is the lyrics are so repetitive. And I think that's kind of normal in metal. Mm-hmm. But it is, I don't know, it's just annoying because it's like, I mean, it's nice when you're trying to listen to a record and pay attention to the lyrics because uh, it's not like a Between the Buried and Me song where it's a fucking novel each song. Oh but, my fucking God. It's like, I don't but, need this, this fucking short story. <laughs> But it's like, man, this is really, I mean, I know it's hard to write lyrics, but this is all you could come up with. You just repeat the same thing sometimes seven times. I, I think like it was because like, the, like they do this a lot um, on this record where it's like a lot of the lyrics and stuff get kind of um, lost. But then there's one thing that will stick out in like mm-hmm. every, almost every song where it's like you remember that part. Like on this one, it's literally the name of the song, but it's like 
you hear that like in my head, like when I think of this song, I think of like that lo- like that vocal line, like that your little suburbia is in ruins. Yeah. And like so it's, it's weird did because his job. <laughs> like some of the lyrics on this are good, and some of them are not. But like when I was I was reading through because we were gonna do this record back in uh March, and I was reading through my initial notes and like I was just like uh boring song, um lyrics, nothing interesting, blah 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 blah. And then when I was re-listening to it this time, I was like, no, this song band rocks, like the riffs are good, and the lyrics a lot of times are pretty interesting. Um especially because like I, since they were on Solitaire, they're a Christian band. Yes. And like some some of it like you can definitely tell. Yeah. Um, but like stuff like like I guess like I don't expect like out of a Christian band for them like to tear down all the assumptions you hold for I guarantee they are false. Like stuff mm-hmm. like stuff that like I guess like reflects like a lot of like self growth and like kind of learning stuff for yourself. Like you yeah. don't associate with that, which is I think uh, a a cool at least like if like you can have whatever faith you want. That's a cool like I guess more modern take on like taking whatever it is for yourself, which is cool. Like I I like that. Yeah, and they were like two years out of high school when they wrote this too. Yeah, so good for fucking them. Two years out of high um, school, I was fucking writing songs about you. <laughs> you did it. I wrote the song. I didn't write the lyrics. <laughs> um, uh, there's like three breakdowns in this song, which is sick. They're technical yeah. and they're fun. Um, I the the beginning, like, the beginning, like the first breakdown they do. Because it comes off of like all like their fast riffs and like they're riffing over like w- like one guitar's riffing, one guitar's chugging, while like the drums are just playing a fast beat, and then they hit into that breakdown. It's like okay, this is where we're going, and it kind of sets the tone for the majority of this record. Yeah, yeah, um, super cool though. Yeah, lyrically, uh, I think it's like a song about the monotony of bur- suburban life. Yeah, it's like this. Um, like open those eyes, wake from peace. Uh, it's just like this world is boring. Let's do something else. And like you look at these guys, and they're like they're suburban kids. Yeah, like Hollister, fucking just polos. Like even like the, I saw a picture of them in 2017, and it's just like they're just guys, which is fine. Yeah. Like yeah, they just they're just like literally like if you just look up the word guy, like <laughs> like they're gonna just see these guys. Like if you saw them, like. Like some of these guys look like they just would hang out at your local like fucking craft brewery and they will pay twenty five dollars for a hamburger, have themselves a fucking triple session IPA and go home and go to their tech job the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Except for maybe uh, the singer. He he looks like he might talk in his truck, but I think he's he was very, very nice. I think probably a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Just because you look racist doesn't mean you are. We're in we're in Idaho, so it might mean. <laughs> well, here, yeah, it's different, but maybe in Pennsylvania, it's a little different. Yeah. So I think that dude's from Florida, so you know, <laughs> it's a crapshoot. I'm gonna uh, when I met him when we played with him, he was super kind. He he came up to us actually, which was when when stuff like like especially because we were like 20 years old at the time. Yeah, stuff like that. It's like it was always like really cool because it means a lot because you're like holy shit. Actually, I think I was 19. I wasn't even 20 yet. Oh, I was nine. I was 20. Yeah. Never mind. No, it's just stuff like that's just really fun. It's cool because it just yeah. makes you feel like, oh, like these other bands give a shit. 
other person to do that was Carl from Misery Signals in 2006 when I was 18. Hell yeah. I met him once in Seattle. Nice. I met him. I mean, yeah. It, misery Signals. Shout out, Mike <laughs> Brown. Yeah. Um, speech impediment opening is it's so good. It feels so good to listen to. I like um it's just it's in my head for the rest of my life. I love it because it like it has like that first one, it harmonizes, yep. it goes into that fast beat, but then yeah. when it releases into like where one of them's playing the riff and they have like the chunky like bum 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 like behind it. It's just mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. And then like the uh the like after that riffing part, and it's just like, dun, 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 dun. it just, it's, it just is what I want to listen to, you know? Yeah, it's like when you're listening to metalcore, it's like, like this is a really cool example of how to do it creatively, but also still have like the, like kind of melodic. Uh, I don't want to say like pop, like rock, like sensibilities yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, and it's just really cool. Also, like. I love how they they have like the fast riffing with it, like that then leads back into like the like the riff that you're talking about, where it gets chunky. Yeah. It just but, it's interesting. And what you were saying with the harmonies is like one of my favorite things. So Brandon and Brian from your band were in a band called Denver, and all of their songs were just them harmonizing on guitar. And like the way that those two wrote together was so sick. Like I could care less. Like that was when like metal was big in in the metalcore scene. Like at least in Boise, there was there was two big heavy hitters, you know. And Denver and the Deep. Yep. And <clears throat> I mean, the Deep was good. Like Steve was a great guitarist, right? Is that his name? There was he was a great guitarist and uh the dude from Sean other, was other so there's they had two Sean to their band. Guitar yeah. player Sean was unreal good. Yeah. Um their bass player Eric who plays in local bands here, he's a phenomenal musician as well. Their drummer who played in Arsis. Yeah, the drummer Sean who played in Arsis. Uh you went to high school with him actually. Um oh, un- cool. unbelievable drummer. Um yeah. And then, like their vocalist Andrew was fine, but he had kind of, he kind of looked like Spencer from Underdeath. Yeah, he had a he had a thing. He had a, he had a look. Um, we were buzz. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, super nice dude. Um, yeah, I, I always liked him. Even like to this day, if I ever see him, it's always like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Like, yeah. Um, but uh, one of the funny things, just a little quick aside on Andrew from the Deep. Uh, he saw like one OB show when we had Gabe, and Gabe was just. Our friend Gabe is a, a big asshole who will even troll himself just to <laughs> just just to pop himself, I guess. Um, and we were playing a show, and it was like a it was at a place called The Office. It was a local okay. show. It's a different office than the one you're thinking about. Oh, okay. This one was actually an office building. Okay. <laughs> and Brady wasn't in the band yet. And Gabe, just for whatever reason, was going nuts at this show. And he was, like, spitting water everywhere. And, like, he, he fucking spit water in, like, Murphy, uh, our bass player Murphy's face. Oh, like, no. Like, sprayed it all over him. And then, like, we got Brady. And then 
we were talking to Andrew like a little bit later on after he got Brady in the band and he was like, man, like, it's really cool. He's in the band. Like he's really good, but man, I fucking miss Gabe's stage presence. <laughs> Cause that was the one show he saw of Gabe. Just like, being the biggest asshole, just like I don't for no reason. And he see daughters once. Yeah. And like he was doing like the back bend, like where he'd like lean back like all the way back, like I can like curl up and do this weird shit and just going nuts. It's like, what the fuck? God, I love <laughs> Gabe. He's such a um, fucking asshole. But yeah, like I love guitar melodies. That's probably the one thing that makes me want to listen to metal. Mm-hmm. It's like I love when it's fun and interesting, and in this song and a lot of other songs on this record, it's so good. Yeah, like that's the thing that's appealing about metal is like the shit you can do with guitars. Like, I'm gonna be honest, I had a small Dragon Force phase. Yeah, guitar hero um, did that for a lot of people. I think I think they're up their own ass a little bit, and like I don't care about the super super crazy fast shredding. I like harmonies. I don't like power metal, yeah. Um, which is what Dragon Force is. Yeah. Um, also, like I'm not a shredder. Like personally, yeah. like I can't shred. So I'm like fuck that. <laughs> I can play break time, so fuck. Yeah. Uh, but back to the song. Um, the drums are really interesting on this record. Like, yeah. There's just tiny little flourishes throughout that make it. It sets it apart from other records, whereas like yeah. it's kind of like that from first to last record, except this one makes cohesive uh, sense. It's super technical drumming wise. Um, he continues doing that later on. I feel like this one, uh, maybe just because it's so youthful, it mm-hmm. has a little bit of a different feel than some of the other ones, which be- I think become a little bit more technical. I kind of like that youthful thing. I like that in like my heavy music though, as yeah. having that. Um. I think that's probably why, like, at least personally, like, I've gone back to just playing, like, um, heavy music instead of getting over the top thinking about it and adding 6,000 layers of things, which I, yeah, which I did because I'm like, I want to be in Misery Signals. Ryan, help me. <laughs> um, and he did help me, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, this song is just, I think it's one of, like, honestly, like, the first four songs of this record, like, five songs, because, yeah, Barbarian's the one after, like, yeah, just so, like, it's like boom, boom, like heavy hitter, heavy hitter, heavy hitter. Um, and for different reasons. Like this one has that melody. It has like that super cool, like the chunky riff with the melody. Um, the lyrics are fine. Yeah. Um, um the first breakdown is really cool with headphones. It's mm-hmm. like it, the back, there's back and forth guitars on each ear. Um, which is like cool mastering. Um, I think <laughs> one of the things I wrote down is this is what August Burns Red fans would call epic. That's the that's the end, I think. But yeah, yeah. Um, no good pit part. Huh? No good pit part. Yeah, in the song. Um, like you, you could, but it's like the next song is the one you're gonna fucking mosh to. Yeah, endorphins. I I used to know a song on guitar. Is that that riff in there is so sick? The the one before the breakdown, yeah. Um, but uh, lyrically, it's like a a guy who's bad and a guy who's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like good cop, okay. bad cop. Yeah. Um, dwarfins. Uh, I will say the line "living is offensive in in itself." 
that's they they have a lot of like interesting lines where like yeah. a lot of metal bands try to just use imagery. Like we'll talk about it later, but they'd name drop Zoloft in one of their songs. Yeah. <laughs> um, to me, it's like that's just a really cool. Um, that's just a cool line. Just little like flourishes like that are really nice. Um, yeah. And so yeah. Also, I mean, I think especially for being such a young kid, probably like good job. Like as a whole, the lyrics are fine, but like they just have like you said a couple cool lines. It's like oh, that's really interesting. I'll, I'll yeah. actually think about that. Yeah, um, yeah. So endorphins. Uh, the opening reminds me of Converge. Okay, this is the one where it where it does. Um, yeah. There's just something about it. Yeah. Like, um. I I fucking I love when it gets into that chuggy part too, and then it has the fucking like the fast with like do 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 do, and like that's so sick. And then it goes into that lead into the breakdown with that little riff. Yeah, yeah. Um, this song had a lot of stuff that, like, annoyed me. Um, the vocals when you're reading the lyrics are not good at all. Um, it's like he didn't write them to the music. He just tried to fit them in. And I don't think he did a great job. Um, but there's, like, a Converge whiffs riff at the grab the wheel part. Mm-hmm. And I think that gang chant is sick. Grab the wheel, make this life yours. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, the breakdown in this song is like technical, and like, yeah, it's always fun to hear. Yeah, Um, it's also very moshable, just because like the drums keep it moshable, and so like, and also it's like like this song like for me is like meant for the pit. And like yeah. for a live show, because like you can sing along, you can fucking mosh to it. So it's like you get kind of both. Which yes. is always a fun time. And it also has that lead in. Mm-hmm. Where it's like dun dun dun. You know, it's good shit. I love a good yeah. fucking mosh call out like musically. Oh yeah. It's incredible. Um the technical stuff at the end of the song is cool too. Yeah, it's good. And then like lyrically too, it's like I guess like I I think it's all summed up like in like the like there's two like lyric lines. I think this just sums up the whole song. Like as a child, I believe the like the warm like essentially like the warm, fuzzy feeling and best thoughts came to him due to the process of living. But it's like mm-hmm. now you gotta grab the wheel and make it yours. So mm-hmm. it's again like a like a thinking for yourself type thing where you don't necessarily see that in like Christian metal no. or lyrics. So well, it's like, and they they kind of yeah. contradict that a little bit in some of their other songs. Yeah, um, it's very weird, but um, I, maybe maybe the, maybe that's why he left the band too. It's yeah. like they're definitely a Christian band. Maybe he like this is this could really especially with I think how you said it. Like he said, maybe he didn't write these lyrics to the songs. He yeah stuff and then put it into these songs. Maybe yeah. it, it's a twenty year old guy probably thinking struggling. That. Yeah. That's when I started struggling was when I was 20. I stuck around until I was 25, but that's yeah, when I was, I was like... Say that. That, that's a long time. Yeah, that's when I was like, huh, this is, this is not... I'm not into this as much. Um, You're at that crossroads of like, I'm either going to be a youth pastor or I'm, or I'm going to renounce it altogether. Yep. <laughs> uh, Too Late for Roses. Yeah, a metal a good... riff banger. Yeah, this one is a metal riff banger. 
um, when I was first listening to it, I'm like, okay, I kind of remember this song. Um, I'm like, okay, like I saw like the first three songs I remembered 100. percent Like I'm like, oh yeah, th- these are this. But then when it hit, like, and I was talking about this earlier, when it hit a certain line, I'm like, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my downfall, my blemish. Like yeah. when I heard that, I'm like, oh, it's this song. Okay, <laughs> then it all just came back. So I just needed that like one little trigger. Um, wait, breakdown on that too. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, I love that it's like it's just five breakdowns in a row. They're all a little different, <laughs> and then the end one just has so much dissonance. Yeah, that's another thing. I fucking love dissonance. Me too, brother. <laughs> Even though I've never really listened to the band Ion Dissonance. They are a dissonant band, but they don't play the dissonance like this. Okay. Um, a cool thing about the way I grew up is like, I think I can interpret a lot of these songs knowing they're a Christian band. Mm-hmm. And like, just with context from the world, I think this song is, it's about someone uh, leaving their faith and that person being disappointed in them. Mm-hmm. Um. It, it's to me, it's the first song lyrically that feels really cohesive. Like it's an yeah. actual story that like is actually good, but it's like, like there's parts about questioning your own faith, but like also it's maybe a breakup song ish or like, like quit holding on to what she was. She doesn't recognize, recognize you or herself anymore. And it sounds like, like, to get really specific, like you were dating someone who was a part of the church at one point, and then she left, and she's like, "quote unquote," ruining you, and your faith. Yeah, and um, like too late for roses, as in like it's past like the time of making up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's kind of what I was saying because like at first it's like it could be like about like a mentor or whatever, but then when they start saying she, um, yeah, it's like okay, maybe this was a little bit like somebody that they loved or cared about like was breaking off from like their beliefs mm-hmm. and they're like oh no you're gonna do that but also i guess it's like a little bit um like quit holding on to what she was it's like you got to tell yourself like especially if like they're not like the person like it's also on you yeah yeah <laughs> which is a little bit more of a mature take than just like saying that you cry to the base icd you know um yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, Even if it's like about like especially with the faith-based stuff it's like uh, because like at the end it's like it's so brutal to see someone give it up all for nothing and having no power to stop them yeah i do like the talking though this it's good talking it's good like they do good talking this is my downfall my blemish this is my downfall my blemish great stuff and talking right before a breakdown there's nothing better yeah it, it like i don't know what it triggers about me but like i just want to fucking swing on people yeah. when i hear a good talk before <laughs> uh, actually i know exactly what it is it's the juxtaposition because like you get like the talk and then you get something that hits you in the face so yeah it's yeah. just nice stuff yeah uh barbarian oh, with like uh, so sick. like just that chugging riff with the fast drums and yeah. then just fucking goes into some fucking like chuggy riffs yeah good stuff uh the first breakdown is so sick yeah um, um i could see why like when i'm listening to this like by eddie <laughs> like barbarian and just go beat up sam i did that with something else with sam 
poor Sam just got beat up by everybody. You did it? I, I don't, it, it was like, it wasn't like I wouldn't turn on a song, but I'd say something and then like fake, like crowd kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam got, Sam got a lot of shit growing up. <laughs> I think I, the reason why is because you would sell it so hard. No, it's because he reacted. Yeah, exactly. He'd sell it. <laughs> <laughs> just would sell it so hard. It's just like it's fun. Tyler used to give him a lot of shit, and Tyler, especially like 2007, 2008. Tyler, Ooh, scary, weirdly mean Tyler. <laughs> just, just like this very in-your-face, strange guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, just to explain, Tyler is a friend of ours. He played in my band and was like unbelievably good at guitar. Just like sweet picking. He. Wore it on the base, had his guitar up to the base of his neck. <laughs> yeah, I, he could play like all of like the between the bear to me stuff. Like we we're like 18, 19 years old. Um, just but I heard the faceless once. It was like, I want to play this kind of stuff now. Um, but then never like really continued on with it. But he was also like a psychopath. Um, Does he even listen to heavy music anymore? Not at all. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, if we put if we put something on, he'll be like, "Oh, this is cool!" Like, and start like, like ah, "I want to play guitar again," but it never <laughs> happens. Um, but he also would. Um, this just came up the other day with Gabe and I. Uh, he would just show up at shows, just dressed up like in a costume, without telling anybody. And one time, he just showed up at a show, and I forgot what show we were playing. But he showed up with like a big trench coat, like a brown leather trench coat. No shirt, <laughs> slicked his hair all the way back, <laughs> and everybody just thought he was like this psycho, but like virtuoso <laughs> guitar player, <laughs> because like it wasn't like he didn't like wasn't like a Halloween costume show. He just did it, so all these bands and people just thought he was just this weird like virtuoso guitar player that we knew that like <laughs> that's how he actually dressed. But like he also kind of was, you know. Yeah, what I how I would describe Tyler to someone is someone in high school who shoved atheism down your throat. He did like in high school have like, you know, the Jesus fish you put on your car. Yes. The a Darwinism. Dar- yep. Yeah. The yeah. Darwin one. Yeah, of course. I'm like, yeah, incredible, incredible person, but, um, fucking bit of a, bit of a so strange, so yeah. strange. He's, he's, he's leveled out a lot, like in his older age, but yeah. Oh, I see it in his eyes sometimes. <laughs> Like you could just see, it's like something's in a bubble over one day. He's gonna have a stressful week, and something's in a trigger him that he's just gonna go nuts. And we're gonna see him just running around downtown, like with a Santa hat on and no clothes. <laughs> oh my god! Um, the end breakdown in the song really hits too. Yeah, it does. And the PMA ass like last line: "Optimism is not a choice; it's a belief." Yeah, like hey, you- okay, okay, Toby Morse. <laughs> I bet these guys love cops too. Um, at least I probably at least don't hate them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And lyrically, it's like it's a song. I mean, the the line. This is why I picked it out because it's so funny to me. Like you're like a little girl with a stupid crush. That's such a weird line. Yeah. Um, it's so strange. Like this whole song is like a little like weird. Like nothing yeah. is everything and everything is something confused, troubled. I think the meeting is looking through the vivid transparencies. Like, okay. Yeah. But, but then it's like dance the night away because tomorrow we will look back and talk about good times now gone forever. It's like almost like a live your life type thing, but I don't know. 
Yeah, and I think a little bit it's a song about life being more than your desires, uh, probably because of God and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you should worship God because we're all going to die. And if you don't worship God, you'll regret your life. Yeah, trace, trace lines around the image of your choice. Dance until the end, my friend, and find joy in every living thing. Mm-hmm. I guess it's just like taking all the bad and like not clinging to that, not clinging to like these quote unquote evil desires and just trying to enjoy life, which I guess isn't the worst. Yeah. All right. And <laughs> the next couple songs are ones that like they're skip they're skippable tracks for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh it's, the reflective is- property. Um there's a little breakdown in the beginning that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, the second breakdown, it hits, but it's boring. Yeah, like to me, this is like almost like them on autopilot, mm-hmm. and not even for like a bad thing, but they're probably trying to fill a record. Mm-hmm. And it's like this song's fine; we can put it on there, and it's fine. Like listening to it, but it's like I couldn't t- like nothing sticks out to me. Like nothing in it yeah. makes me want to go back and listen to it. Like, yeah, I I will be honest; I skipped this one today. <laughs> That's fine. Um, there's a lot. Um, you don't need to repeat the line Zoloft will not cure it five times. Yeah, um, I this is the one where it's a little bit strange because like Zoloft will not cure it, human touch will not solve it. This mm-hmm. black cold world is potent. Um, and so please bless the children, please hear their cry. So it's pretty much saying like God's the way to not feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the it's just it's so repetitive like yeah. lyrically and it's annoying um the this this is the song that made me be like oh this record is much better passively instead of listening to it actively yeah um, um the ending's weak it is weak um i will say like, the line right but what sucks about this is like the line right before like the zoloft line like yeah. it it it's very relatable. It's like you've all felt at the emptiness of being alone. It's mm-hmm. like it's like that's so relatable, and it's just like kind of the first part. Of it, it's like okay, but then the next part where it just like pretty much is just saying, "Hey, that won't cure it. Like drugs won't cure it, and humans won't cure it. It's potent, so we got to go with God." Um, which I guess I mean that's what they were taught, and he was twenty. But yeah, I think you could have gone a different route with that. Yeah. Um, but it is what the, what it is. I do like that first line. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's another song that I think later that deals with uh, uh, depression a lot better. Yeah. Um, wishful of dreams. It's. I said this one's a little paint by numbers. Yeah, I, I, I guess the, these two songs. Six and seven, which is right in the middle of it. Like this is where you either shine, like Underoath did, or you get a little, little sleepy. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a little sleepy. It's their first fucking record, full length. They had an EP before this. Yeah, so it, it happens. You're eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old, or however. And, and when you're a metal band, you're supposed to have longer songs, and you're supposed to have longer records. Yeah, so I think you cut these two out of there. Um. Fuck. Even just cut one of them. Um, mm-hmm. Have a 10-song record. It's been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's too much repetition vocally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the fast part in it. <laughs> I, I, I'll say that's one thing they do really well is fast parts. 
Yeah. Uh, the breakdown's cool in it. Yeah, breakdown's fine. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard. I'm like, like trying to read over it too because I when I looked at the lyrics the first time for this, yeah, I'm like, what is happening? Oh, and this has the line, uh, let's just call this fair play. Yeah. <laughs> That's the line from this song. Let's begin yeah. the downfall of their branches. We are always too quick to point the finger on our closest companions. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It happens. Um, consumer. Consumer. Um, I'm, uh, I like the, the fast opening of this song. Yeah. And like the first like riffy breakdown. Yeah. It's a good one. Like this is like to me, like where it's like they kind of climb back up, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a little more converginess to it. Yeah. I think that's maybe, maybe that's what they were missing is some of that, maybe the chaos of it. The chaos and the like differentiating aspects. Yeah. Um there's a there's a lot of little drum flourishes in this song that I think is tight. Yeah, Matt Gray um, is a fucking really good drummer. And he yeah. is even really good there. Um he's only gotten better. Like I know there's like a lot of drummers in metal and metalcore really liked him. Because yeah. he's interesting and even at a fucking young age on a first record, he fucking shows it. He shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like all the riffs on this song. Yeah. Uh, there's no real pit part. No, nothing to like really get the, uh, it's no, there's no endorphins part or like the, the too late for roses part. Like the, or like, I'm like, I'm going to fucking murder somebody to this breakdown. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd probably still watch some of the moshy stuff in there, even though it's not the most moshy. Yeah. Um, and lyrically, it's a song about like being self-centered uh, and how life uh, is more than that. Yeah, like think about think about God, buddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? A, don't think about you. What about God? And apparently, this is my favorite song on the record. That's what I wrote down when I was taking R- my notes. Was that the first time? Uh, this is like the third time. <laughs> oh, okay. So, oh, so you still feel I, that? In this moment, I mean, it doesn't, I can't, even though I listened to it this morning, I can't, like, you know, pick all the things I liked about it out. Uh, it doesn't stick with me as much as, uh, you know, the song. Um, yeah. uh, wow. Uh, speech Impediment. But I guess I like the song a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one to like, and like I said, like, especially in the record, it kind of wakes it back up. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I think, like, it kind of needed, and it's okay to. It's all a roller coaster, baby. You can't have all. Yeah, eyes. it's like when it's like when bands throw in a ballad in the middle of a record, not or the like, third fucking song. <laughs> but like, um, or like live, where it's like you you play, you go world low, and dreams. You play world and dreams before uh, playing a song like your misery. Have they, have they ever done that with Stomp? Or not, I mean, the one at the end of Mirrors. Have they ever played that song with him? Uh, one day I'll say Yeah, I wonder if they've ever done it. Uh, I would probably guess they maybe once. That fucking song. <laughs> I, I, I'm excited to talk about Mirrors because I just listened yeah. to it the other day and I got some thoughts. Um, they're, they're really fucking good. That's my thought. They're, they're an incredible band. It's so stupid. Maybe, I mean... 
because we didn't grow up on cave in we're not like big cave in heads but i would say misery signals is the best of the genre from what i remember i um i I still believe that and i I listen to metalcore to this day (laughs) uh shop below the belt it opens with a breakdown yeah (laughs) that's how you know it's gonna be good i like this song maybe just because of that um but like these like consumer and shop of the belt i think are really cool um and also i really like the last song the fucking instrumental go fuck itself i'll say the as you're talking like the repetition though in this one yes there's a lot like yeah i like even like on like the lyrics like for whatever reason on this one they did the repetition for you and you could just see it's like this dude wrote like three lines. And yeah. I'm gonna say them over except except like we'll get into the lyrics in a second because there's some things I want to talk about musically. Um the there's like a little talky part in it that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh the breakdown hits. I really like the transition into the breakdown. Yes. Um, but yeah, he he says he's throwing punches with a blindfold on a lot. Yeah. However, I think lyrically, this is the best song on the record, even though he repeats himself a lot. Yeah. I think it's a really good representation of depression um, lyrically. Like, just the line, there are things I need to get done. Like, it's very relatable. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that's how my depression hits is like, I have so much shit to do. Why am I laying in bed? Oh, so you got you got the so what you have is a one-two punch of uh, anxiety with depression, where you're anxious because you got stuff to get done, but then yeah. you can't get out of bed. I feel that to my. I have home. I have a weird thing that I've had for years. It's called a uh, Sunday depression, and it's where um, my wife is working. Um, that's when I do like my meal prep for the week. I have so much uh, that I like to do on Sundays. And I just like I have no motivation to do it. And no um, motivation to live by the thief of always. <laughs> but like I uh I That's record fucking, we record this show. Cut. Boise. They were my first favorite local band. Actually they were from Caldwell. Caldwell. Well, you know, surrounding Gem State area. <laughs> Treasure Valley. Yeah, that's what I meant. But we record this on Sundays and I love it. But then afterwards, I'm like, oh, shit, I got so much to do. I used to go grocery shopping on Sundays and meal prep. I don't know how I used to live my life. Now it's like it takes me all day. This is unnecessary. I'm sorry. Probably a a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. Yeah. But like my depression hits like this song. And then like the line. um, What a bittersweet symphony life is. Um then that song starts playing. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. No, I, I, I really like the the lyrics in this one, even though it is very like there's so much repetition in it, which is fine because it does mm-hmm. make me remember it. But yeah, like what a bittersweet simply life is, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, we have so little time, let's not spend it in anger. Um, yeah. And but then like right after that, like. This is where it's so relatable. It's like I'm in the deep end and can't find air. So it's yeah. like trying to be like thinking one way, but then also like fuck, I'm fucked. Um, yeah, like it, it's, it's just a. It's yeah. really it's well done. Yeah, 
and like musically i think the song's awesome like you said it opens up with like fucking pit time so like it hits there but then like when you like really go through and like kind of like it's a very relatable song um it's cool like especially like we've talked about this just like the um a lot of times especially like in a hyper masculine genre like a Mm -hmm. metalcore would be that is so fucking shitty at times having vulnerability like that that's real is but, really nice and i think it needs to be there what's interesting though is in most of the records we've covered there's a lot of vulnerability mm-hmm. like amir there's a lot of vulnerability in that record <laughs> there's a lot of vulnerability but like the way they go about it is a very shitty way oh 100 um, like, percent. Th- then- this is like i guess like it's vulnerability that's more relatable i guess maybe even a little bit like it's healthy to express especially to the kids that they're going to be showing this to and it's more mature it's not about a girl hurting you and you're going to kill yourself which is the bad kind of vulnerable but it's like um it's like it's just depression and like the barrier dead record is so good at that Mm -hmm. too showing that vulnerability like um yeah it's like it's interesting where that is in genre because i think a lot of these bands are like it's such a weird scene they're they're people who dressed um in skinny jeans and tight shirts and had eyeliner and dumb haircuts and also called people the f slur and talked about how much they wanted women and also how much they hated women and but then lyrically they like that's where they got a lot of things out was like uh like their vulnerability was their quote unquote art you know po- poetry yeah. um i'm not saying that about this band at all um i'm talking about like the really seen bands yeah um, um and then i think what is like i guess like for this particular like with like um like christian metalcore like you kind of had like a certain idea that they're going to be happier and like because they're faith-based and mm-hmm. like they're, they're, they're trying to spread the word and like the gospel and all that but like this is just like a dude like talking about his struggles mm-hmm. like, it's just like like that's like every person can relate to that yep and it, it's not like how he's dealing with it it's not like how he is like yelling or like saying like I'm gonna lift up this. It's just like he's fucking just having a hard time and he needed to get it out. So it feels very personal. But I think that's what it made it so relatable because like it's not like he's just telling like a I was like I'm gonna overcome this with this. It's just like hey like I essentially I'm depressed, but it's like this is life and like this is like you know this is all you you really have so that you wouldn't live it the, any other way. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool. Uh, Eve of the End, it's an instrumental. It goes... And that's what it is for fucking three minutes. Uh, it's, it is. Um, it's an instrumental. It's there. This was also like a staple, though. It had to be there before the last song. It's true. Like You had to have like an instrumental track. I mean, on my band's last full length, we had an instrumental... Actually, on everyone, we had an instrumental track. Um, That's just who we were as people. Uh, yeah. You liked uh, Under Oath a lot. Yeah. It's like I wanted to be like, hey, I could write really melodic stuff with clean guitars. Um, <laughs> I did. Um, but then it leads into the seventh trumpet really well, though. Yes, it, it does. Even though you can cut it out, 
like when it like when the even the end hits like ends and the seventh trumpet starts with the drum beat like the faster drum beat it, yeah. like, it makes a lot of sense yeah um the seventh trumpet has got lots of dissonance mm-hmm. it's really riffy um and it kind of feels a little different to the rest of the record so the Which, end of it too like like you know like the melodic like the melodic like chords and stuff they play are a, almost a little a little dissonant with it Mm-hmm. That's where I think like the misery signals and hopes fall influence comes in. Yeah, and it, it's just really cool. I really like that. Um, also, there is one part of this record that um, really reminds me of like something misery signals would do. It's like at, right after. It's like at the end where it's like the stars begin to fall, and then like they hit like that kind of dissonant chord with like the crazy drumming. That's like a misery signals ass part, yeah. which is super cool. Which I think makes it feel way different like, than the rest of the record. Like the end of Is It a Victim of Target, where it's like, na, na, na. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Target's the, uh, the, the intro track. Yeah, I know. I listen to it once a week now. <laughs> Isn't it a fucking perfect record? It's, just, it's the perfect intro, and I just want to. It makes me wish I had a better body and I could just break faces to it. You can. No, I'm too old. It'll hurt me. It doesn't hurt. It's so heavy. It's I'm so on, good. I, I moshed a Jesus piece. You can mosh <laughs> anything. Um, but yeah, like I feel like it's kind of a staple of this genre, or like your last song is the song where you're quote unquote going for it, and like yeah. not like trying to like sell out or whatever, but you're trying to like show your chops. Yeah, it's a long song. Um and unnecessarily long song. Yes, like uh the first breakdown in this hit song doesn't hit. Uh there's some cool riffing after it though. Mm-hmm. Um there's a musical interlude part that's nice, but it's not really necessary. And I think that's where it ends up being like really long. And then even like the outro part is very long. Yeah, and like there's a so the lyrics kind of initially end, and then there's a chugging part that just goes for way too long. Yeah, um, it's a fine ending to a record, but I think I'd like the song a lot more if it was uh three minutes and not eight. Yeah, um, this song is one hundred percent it's Revelations. Uh, it's the yep. seventh trumpet. It's a Christian yep. band. Yep. End of the world, and it's like, why are you concerned with the temporary pleasures of the world rather than your own eternal salvation? Yep. And then I'm now convinced that this is the end. Um, I do the talking part on that. That's so sick. It's good. It's, it's good. So sick. Yeah. It's like, here's where I raise my head towards the end. Stars begin to fall. Yeah. And it has the misery signals cord going behind it. They yep. scream, the stars begin to fall six zillion times. Yep. I'm moshing, you're moshing. <laughs> It's a yeah, good it's, song. It's, it's a good song. It should just be four. Cut yeah, four cut minutes in, out of it. Cut it in half, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. And you can still get all of the emotional beats in it. Like Yeah. They're kids. They're trying something fun. Whatever. They wanted to part again, I have like a an epic song. Yeah. It's the last song. It has to be epic. Yeah. Um Yeah. But yeah. And like, um Lyrically, like I can't. I'm just repeating what you're saying. So yeah, it's nothing. It's it's very straightforward if you if you know what's going on in this world. Um, but 
Let's rate it. Okay, let's go. Um, mosh worthy. Um, I'm gonna give it a four. Yeah, I'm I'm bouncing between four and three point five because not every song hits, but the ones that do do. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go four. I mean, it, I just think of like the first five songs of this record, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm moshing to each of them. Yes, yes. Um, repeatability. Um, I've listened to this record probably eight times since March when we first started doing it. Um. <laughs> And it's because it's metal and I'm not like, I want to listen to metal every once in a while. Um, I'm going to go two five because there's just a point where it's like, it all just washes over me. I can't really pay attention to it. Yeah. I'm going to give it a three because okay. going back and listening to it, made me realize how cool some of the stuff was. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want, like I, I want to go back and listen to tracks one through five. Um, and then the seventh trumpet, I will probably put on at some points too, because that talking part before the ice breakdown is just yeah. But I was like, it's I super like that. Yeah. Um, does it hold up? I'm gonna give this like, I'm gonna give this a four. Okay. It was better than I remembered. Okay. I'm going three. I would have normally gone 2.5, but there's a couple songs lyrically that, that, that surprised me. Yeah. I, I guess I'm basing mine a bit more musically. Like, does it hold up? Um, mm-hmm. Because I guess like I'm thinking of like, I guess like a newer August Burns Red. It's, it, it all kind of starts blending together for me. Yeah. Um, I said, like, I, I'll check out a couple songs on every record that they put out. I'm like, oh, that's August Burns Red. Or this one like had those converging things, had those different elements that I'm like, oh, this is a lot more interesting than I remember because there's only certain parts. I mean, this record came out 18 years ago. Um, yes, yes. Where I'm like, oh, this is way more interesting, especially now like with my 30-plus-year-old brain played music for a long time. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like, This is interesting stuff, and they were so young doing that. Um, and it had that like youthful like we're gonna just try whatever the fuck. Yes. Or I think they then found a formula like we're playing the August formula, which is fine. Like it's, yeah. they made a career out of it, so they figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, aesthetic. Um, a record cover is very interesting. Yeah. It. it, it I like the the cover art of it. Um, yeah, but it's, it does say it does say metal to me. You know, it's got yeah. a skull. Their font. There's um, bullets. Yeah, they won't. Bullets won't stop them though. Um, <laughs> but like, then you look at the guys, and they just look like guys, like. Look up a picture of them in 2005. Yeah, like and which is fine. Like they can just be guys. I guess have like the hair. They kind of have the hair. Yeah, but they, they literally look like Novo. Yeah, they're like they're real broy, and a lot of metal bands though just look like guys. Yeah, but I guess they just look like guys that would probably call people who would wear tight pants 
certain names. But yeah, they, they, I mean, yeah. they look like frat bros. Yeah. It's kind of their gimmick, you know? What, kind of like them and like Parkway Drive kind of did the same thing. Okay. Will, um, they both they just look like kind of bro-y dudes. Um, and they kind of play the same music too. But I, <laughs> I will say like a lot of people, because Jenna was talking um, about me, uh, to me about this, like when she saw Parkway Drive, she was like, oh, this is really cool. It's like people can just like, they don't have to like play dress up or like look a certain part to play this music and kind of like, so you can just have like your own whatever, but the aesthetic of everything, I'm going to give them a two. Yeah, I think I think that's that's uh, correct and fair. Influence. Um, this record maybe not so much, but I know they mm. influenced a lot of fucking people, especially like with their next record. Okay, like this, with the style of breakdown that they play, kind of mm. became prevalent a little bit after that. After okay. That. Because like okay. their their breakdowns were didn't sound like a lot of the breakdowns that were there at the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking of like Azalea dying, like in metalcore, like Azalea dying breakdowns. You know, like they like everybody kind of had the certain like kill switch Azalea dying breakdowns, and these guys had like the different ones that were a little bit where the Mashuga influence comes in is like some of the polyrhythmic or different types of of time signatures like in, within their breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, like the just think of like the one from Endorphins, um, it's like dump it, dump it, like shit like that. Yeah, where it wasn't overly mathy, but it wasn't just a straight up like fucking like I'm just thinking of like the breakdown in through struggle from Azalea dying, where it's just like you know, or haste the day breakdowns that were all yeah, like paint by numbers medical, which I moshed to, which I liked, but yeah. I would say an influence is I'm gonna give it on this one a two five. Mess if we were doing messengers, I'd give it like a three five. Okay. This one okay. I'd give it a two five. Because I think it kind of started creeping up. And then in messengers, like they fully flushed it out, which then made people really grab it. Okay. I'll give it a two five two because I can't really speak to it. Um so Moshworthy, average of four. Um Repeatability average of 2.75. Does it hold up? An average of 3.5. Um, aesthetic, an average of 2. Influence, an average of 2.5, giving it a total score of 14.75, which is uh, directly above the Silent Circus. I would rather listen to this than the Silent Circus. I would too. I would too. Yeah. Um, I think, and I will say the score doesn't reflect actually even my, enjoy- I, I feel my enjoyment of the record is higher than the score, but the score yeah. to me makes 100% sense. Yes. It's, it's, it's basically, it's right in the middle. It gets a passing grade. Yeah. It's like this rubric is very specific. And so like, just because like my favorite record we end up covering, I don't know what that's going to be. Might not get a high score on here. No. Um, so, yeah, that's just what happens. Um, but yeah, that's the episode. That's August Burns Red. Um, it was, is listen to it if you want, um, or just listen to a few tracks. Yeah. Uh, um, Hopefully, like, it'd be cool if you listen to the records before you listen to the episode. Like, it gives you a little context. I don't know why else you would 
listen to this, you know? Or you can listen to it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I mean, we appreciate anyone listening. Um, yeah. But, uh... Hi, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for... Thanks for listening. Um, do all that podcast stuff. Like, review, subscribe. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast with words. Give us five stars, but give us constructive criticism. Um, don't just tell me how good I am, please. Thanks for thanks for hitting us up with uh, records you want us to do. They're coming. They'll be coming. And then um, I know this is um, not going to come out for a while. Our schedule, like, definitely not as far back as it was previously. Yeah, because now that we're rolling, so um, the new Witness Chamber the week we're recording this just came out. Fucking goes. Yeah. And then um, another local band and a friend of the show, just of life, Charlie, his band mm-hmm. Ingram just got announced with going on tour with like Harm's Way and Fleshwater. And they're playing yeah. the show with Twitching Tongues. Yep. Um, in Cali, like Boise is doing some really cool and big shit. And it's just yep. really cool to see like these dudes um, fucking doing the thing. Yeah. As a, uh, another podcast who I would like to call friends one day, uh, Axe to Grind says Boise on top. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Chris from Youth Energy for uh, our our artwork. Um, shout out to Isai for our our theme song. Um, and uh, next week, I don't know what record are we covering. We're doing a static lullaby. What record is it? Oh hell yeah, doing a static lullaby and don't forget to breathe. We maybe we might have a guest. Okay, sick. Um, the, so, guest, the, the guest would be former guest. This would be the third time in like twenty episode. Evan Dog, Evan Dog, but um, it's a we kind of have to have him on this one. Yeah, it's like but, a necessity. Uh, do you want to know how August Burns Red and Ecstatic Lullaby are connected? Uh, my band played with both of them. No, um, it's true though. That is my my biggest exposure to them was their cover of Toxic by Britney Spears. Oh God. They have both covered Britney Spears. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for a static lullaby, a band. I, that's the only context I have of them. Um, okay, uh, oh, this and, is, this is going to be fucking, this is going to be <laughs> one. I'll tell you right now that this is going to get a zero on moshability. Oh, um, yeah. Um, that are Britney Spears. Yeah, shut up.